welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the Collider Weekly Podcast for all things animation, including reviews and interviews, coming to you from Rico's Roughnecks. I'll be your co-host, Sean Paul Ellis, and joining me from Clandathu, my co-host, Dave Trombor. David, 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 how's it going, buddy? Doing good, bud. Other than this uh, bug problem here, uh, doing fine. Doing fine. Yeah, what's uh, what's going on? Because I, I noticed kind of behind you, there's a lot of creepy crawlies. Yeah, it's global kind of bug pandemic i guess you'd call it now technically i think it is their planet to begin with and we kind of showed up after the fact but you know mm. potato potato uh yeah a lot of bugs to deal with <laughs> just just man killing bugs of all different kinds all different sizes uh, questionable uh animation but uh other than that <laughs> yeah it's been fine how are you doing i'm assuming you come from earth i, I i'm coming yeah coming from nice. from earth from the uh the terran federation nice. we are 700 years in the future from where we are right now and guess what we have finally now all gotten our crap together and we're working together as just one big plan i don't know i would imagine that 700 years in the future uh, the animation technology would have progressed somewhat <laughs> beyond the limits of the late 90s early 2000s did we regress at some point i've thought about this if you are saying that the animation mm-hmm. in today's cartoon mm-hmm. which is roughnecks starship trooper chronicles yeah. You're saying that it's not great. You might be asking yourself two questions. Yeah. One, did this come from Canada? Ugh. Sorry, Canada. Yeah, sorry, Canada. Two, was there some degradation in CGI when they sent it back from 700 years in the future? Is there some Terminator time travel from the future to the past problems with, say, media like a dvd just signal just loss cgi in general yeah, right just fidelity did, it's really difficult did, to keep through the time stream i have to imagine in the future we've completely overcome the uncanny oh, yeah. valley all cgi just looks like it's it's perfect representation it's just deep fakes it's just 100 percent deep fakes yeah. you can't tell you know reality from fiction and then as you were to send it back in time, you just thought, oh man this is not gonna this is not gonna de-age well no. i guess yeah it doesn't read dh read i don't know i can't think from future brain to come back here it's too much man it's too much why are we doing this to ourselves we <laughs> this was a listener suggestion oh, that makes more sense this this is a listener a suggestion. legally binding listener suggestion it's now legally binding 100 percent. i have a quick question Shoot. for you yeah. are you a fan of starship troopers just in general tell me tell me about your starship trooper experience well i enlisted straight out of high school Oh boy! Uh, but then during a live fire ex- exercise, I accidentally no, no spoilers. Uh, no, I, I would you say are, I'm a fan. How can you spoil this movie? It came out so long ago. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Uh, I would say I'm a fan, but then actual fans would come out of the hive and just be like, "Well, have you read the book? And have you watched every movie that's come out? And have you watched the entirety of this series?" And honestly, the answer is no. I've pretty much seen the Paul Verhoeven movie. I haven't read the Heinlein book, even though I'd love to. And this is kind of my first brush with the series itself, for better or worse. So I would say that, yes, I'm a fan as far as what I've seen so far. Uh, but how about you? What's your experience oh, no. with it? I, this oh, is no, gonna be that's not good. Disappointing. This is going to be disappointing for, for nobody. And it's probably going to be a surprise to nobody. Hmm. I have seen every single movie. Get out of here. I've seen all three of the major live-action movies really? that they've had that have come out. I've also watched Traitor of Mars... And I've read the book. Wow. I had no idea. But the series is new to you. This series, I knew that it existed. I knew that Roughnecks Starship Trooper Chronicles existed. I did not watch this. So this is really my first foray into this. I also know that there is 
an animated film that they have that's called Invasion. Right. Starship Troopers Invasion. And it's very weird because I I, I want to say I watched it, but I, I'm having a hard time. I, I almost need to go back to IMDb. At first glance, I don't remember it. Mm. I remember everything else about all the other ones that were there. Uh, read the book. Starship Troopers, the, the Verhoeven film, anytime it's on, or let's say because I don't have television and I cut the cord, sure. if I'm scrolling through Netflix and it pops up and it says, do you want to know more? <laughs> I always want to know more. Exactly. I am actually, this Netflix got me the other night. Wasn't even talking about being able to do this cartoon for the show. Just gr- like perusing, looking to see if I can find something while I was doing a little kitchen cleanup. Yeah. Guess what? Netflix popped up. got my back. Nice. They knew. Do you want to watch Starship Troopers again? The answer is yes. No. It's always yes. Do they have all of the movies on there? I know they don't have this series on there, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But <laughs> I, I don't think they have the a hero, hero of the Federation or Marauder on there. Okay. And I remember when Marauder came out in 2008, yeah. I still had Netflix on DVD. <laughs> yeah. And I put that to the top of the queue and was like, send me that Casper Van Dien goodness. Yeah. I want it now. Nice. I want to be able to watch it. See, now this is why I didn't call myself a fan, quote unquote, because you are kind of the super fan here because you've seen everything except for this series. So you're going to be kind of my like measuring stick, the meter stick uh, of how this series is and if we need to keep it or not. As we mentioned, yeah. what also is interesting is that this came from a listener suggestion. Oh, buddy. <laughs> We really dug ourselves a deep one on this. We really, we really did. This is this is the highlight, and in some cases, the low light for all of us on this show. True. Honestly, though, we really do love doing this, and we had Aaron J call in and recommend that we watch Roughneck Starship Trooper Chronicles. Yeah. So let's hear from Aaron J in his own words. Aaron J, take it away. Okay, it's your boy Aaron J with a question: What do Casper Van Dien and Clancy Brown? have in common. Well, besides being the two of the sexiest men alive, they also share the distinction of being part of the cast of Starship Troopers. Now, what this has to do with Saturday morning cartoons? Easy. They had their own Saturday morning cartoon in the form of Roughnecks, a Starship Trooper Chronicle. My experience was this is one of those shows they showed at 6 a.m. early, early in the morning where I grew up right before the regular, like the regular Saturday morning lineup, and it was weird. Again, I stick with the trend of hyper-violent movies turned into kid shows. One day we'll figure out why they do that. Thanks, y'all. Look forward to seeing what y'all think of the uh, Starship Trooper cartoon, as I affectionately uh, refer to it. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Aaron J. I want to say, if there's anybody that I'm now going to start referring to as It's Your Boy, it's you, Aaron J. 100%. You're a boy. 100% you. So. I love that Aaron was like, he recommended this cartoon, but then also was just kind of like, mm. he gave us kind of a caveat of just like, <laughs> eh, you know, check your expectations, but eh, give, it, give it a watch. We'll see what you think. He also gave some context, which I love yeah. too, about this. In addition to his unbridled confidence coming out of the gate of just like, it's your boy, Aaron J. You know me. I'm yep. back. Talking about the 6 a.m. cartoon, yeah, Dave, I don't know about you. I watched a lot of cartoons at 6 a.m. Yep. on school days. Usually with a bowl of cereal. Yep. Right. And so 6 a.m. cartoon, I love it. I love the fact that he even stresses it's very weird. And I love the context of saying it's very weird to see a 1997 movie 
that was violent adapted into a kid's cartoon. Surprise, surprise, not the first time and not the last no, time that we're going to do not. this. No, like, and I don't think we've watched a RoboCop cartoon. I'm assuming they had one. They have um, one. They have a Rambo yeah. cartoon. Guess Rambo what? Cartoon. Guess what? If you're saying to yourself, man, I remember RoboCop cartoon and I remember Rambo. Who don't make that recommendation to us over social media or in a comment section on YouTube. Because guess what? We're going to read it, but we're not going to record it. If you want to do that, if you want to recommend a cartoon, go to the bio in any of our social media accounts, click on the Linktree link. There's a second button. It's going to take you right to our suggestion form, which has our phone number, 202-681-4406. Don't write it down right now. It's in the show notes. We got you covered. Call that number. Tell us that we should watch RoboCop and Rambo. And guess what? We're getting low right now on listener recommendations. So if we, you Are you sure? In, are we? We have a couple. We have a couple more. Okay. So if you call in and say this, there's a real good chance that we're going to get to it in the next couple months to be able to, to hasten. We have made a commitment. And when I say a commitment, we have a legally binding agreement with our cartoon <laughs> lawyers that we have to watch these cartoons. So if you call in, we will 100% review your cartoon. If you throw it into the form, there's a good chance that we might look at it. Some of you have actually suggested cartoons that we've already watched. So just go back and check out the back catalog, which is fair. But if you call in, we will guarantee that we will watch that cartoon. Now, so, I got a question for you. This yes. doesn't really have to do with uh, legally binding cartoon laws. Uh, the only thing I want to talk about, Dave. <laughs> for the rest of the hour. <laughs> so there's a RoboCop cartoon. There's a Rambo cartoon. Yeah. Makes sense in a weird way. There's no Predator cartoon, is there? Has Predator ever popped up? Has there ever been an Aliens animated series? Uh... There's no Terminator animated series, as far as I know. Mm, that's a good one. I mean, maybe if our listeners know out there, they can call us at 202-681-4406. We can't Google from inside the booth. Yeah, right. You know what I want to do, though? Like, if they don't exist, I'm just going to skirt the uh, copyright ownership issue, and we're just going to make our own versions of, like, 80s, grainy, 3 by 4 <laughs> you know, format, uh, like, grindhouse cartoons. I oh, think that's no. what we're going to do next. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. We're going to use RoboCop and Rambo as a template. You're listening I, I, in on the business uh, here on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. This is the business. Not weird at all. But no. I will say, you know who's all business? Who's that? Our buddy Bobby Anthony. Yeah, he is. We call him Business Bobby. Business Bobby is going to give us. I like that. I actually really like that. You do like that? I, yeah, I did something, right? Perfect. You got it. You nailed it. Knocked it out of the park. I'm glad you called it out. You babe Ruth it in advance. Here we are. Business Bobby Anthem. Business Bobby is going to break down Roughneck starship trooper chronicles he's going to give us a synopsis so bobby business bobby take it away give us the business based on both the film and the novel by robert a heimlein this series follows the exploits of a squad of troops during the psycon bugs war in this adaption razak's roughnecks fight in a war of survival against merciless alien invaders Facing constant danger, they are the ones who have to do the thankless task of fighting the enemy head-on, and for the sake of humanity, they must prevail. Thank you for delivering the business, Bobby. Appreciate it. Love it. Perfect. Now we gotta ask. Yes. Where does Bobby fit into this Sky Marshal. Is that the top? Sky Marshal of the Terran Federation, wow. top of the chain. That's the top, top, top of the chain. Because I, I'll say this. You hear Bobby's voice. If you yeah. had to hear somebody in a military setting deliver yeah. a calm, cool, collective, and stern message to you. Confidence. That's the voice 
that's the, that's voice, the voice that I'd be like, yeah, I guess I'm going to go fight giant bugs now. I'll just do whatever you want. Yeah. It, pretty much like even in the show, like sometimes I get confused and Bobby will do the synopsis for it and I just follow whatever he says <laughs> without thinking about it. I just kind of like snap to attention, get in line and just do whatever he says, <laughs> which is problematic sometimes. But for the most part, it's okay. So right. yeah, I agree. We're in agreement on that one. Yeah, I like that. I feel like in this world too, isn't it like the military is kind of like the ruling class? There's not really, there's government, but aren't they more like puppet government or do I have that wrong? Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's a federation. So I mean, yeah. you know, between all the different, like between all the different countries that they have that are, that are in the world. Um, but you know, it's from my understanding, you know, they're, they're, Again, in the movie, they talk about the idea that if you serve, you're able to gain citizenship. Right. Um, and citizenship allows you to vote. It allows you to to have additional, let's like say, rights and privileges. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So you know, I, I don't know what the the different like cultural classes that they have. Um, I know but... that there are some like class conflicts and stuff within the characters that we have within the Federation themselves. Because when you enlist, you can either be a grunt, you can be a, a sort of a a leadership role, uh, what do they call officers? Uh, or you can be in sort of like Neil Patrick Harris's uh, character in in the original movie, where he's kind of in like, you know, the think tank. He's in the R and D. He's in the science and research sort of wing of all that. So I always like that, but I just never got a good sense of what the the wider kind of world was like. Sort of like in the Ender's Game franchise, where right. yeah, there's the military kind of federation that battles against these bugs too. But there's a lot of political kind of uh, national and, and government stuff that goes on, too. So, so I wasn't sure if it was similar or not. Right. So from my understanding from the book, uh, the the idea is, is that there's citizens and then there's civilians. Everyone okay. is a civilian until 18. And then you okay. can pick if you want to enlist for two years in federal service. Okay. And two years in federal service guarantees you citizenship. If you survive, which is, I mean, in this world is pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, if you don't die in boot camp, there's a good chance you're not coming back from space. Well, you know, the, yeah, I mean, true. The, yeah. the challenging thing and, and what I, maybe a listener can, can help me remember this. Some of the finer points of this is that civilians are not discriminated against. Okay. Uh, so it's not like a low class. It's just. Right. It's not a low class. It's just, you get advantages if you are. Okay. If you if you serve the the two year military term, and I guess maybe one of the the particular kind of things that they they talk about uh, is that uh, R- Johnny Rico or Juan Rico is his actual real name. Juan right, Rico, yeah. uh, his family is rather well off right. and noted, despite the fact that his father did not serve to become a citizen; that he is just a civilian and remained a civilian. Interesting. And I think that, that that's also reflected in the movie as well. Yeah, there's a lot of those kind of uh, ideas of like, where did you come from? What is your family? How hard did you work to get here? How, you know, what did you have to do to get your position? There's a lot of those interesting kind of like character moments that flesh stuff out without explicitly stating it every time. But yeah. And I, I, I did to kind of help you out. I wanted to kind of give you, uh, there are from my, or I did a little bit of research yeah. very quickly and there are four groups that they had that were in the military units within okay. the book. Okay. Do you want to know what they are? Yeah, definitely. Would you like to know more? I would. Click that If button. you're tired of this now, it's never going to get any better. <laughs> yep. Uh, there's the mobile infantry. Right. Which is where they have the, the powered armor suits that are not really featured in the movies until the third movie, which is called Marauder. Interesting. Okay. And they kind of talk about the Marauder as being like a large 
uh, like mobile infantry suit, a large power armor suit. Like Exosquad. Think about Exosquad or even Ripley at the end of Aliens okay, yeah. with the power loader. Very kind of similar idea. So it's kind this, of like we, we've got like a halo kind of suit, but then that is more of a, of a power mech suit. Correct. Okay. That's, that's from my understanding. I think one of the interesting points is that the powered armor suit is kind of shaped a little bit like a primate. Like it has like a larger kind of like anchored kind front two arms. Yeah, yeah. And that's where the, when they, when you hear a lot of the mobile infantry refer to each other as apes, the powered armor suit sort of looks like it's a primate. Okay. Like it's very primal in a sense. So that's where that comes from in terms of the movie, which is very heavily described in the book a lot. Okay. These things are like difficult and challenging to navigate inside of. There's also uh, the canine corpse, oh, uh, which, is a which is a reconnaissance canine unit. Corps, okay. uh, not really like super. They're like they're like modified dogs. They're like GMO dogs. So they're biological dogs. They're not like robot dogs. Uh, they're derived from dog stock, is what it says. <laughs> what a description! All right. Yep. I'm gonna put that in my Twitter profile too. Uh, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that in any of the movies or series or stories. I don't. I don't so think so either. Interesting. I would like to see that, but right. Yeah. They have. They do have an, an area that they talked about that is clairvoyant and psychics, which we see in the movie. They talk yeah. about that a little bit in the book. That's a it's little only really, weird. Yeah. It's very bizarre because the movie seeds the idea early on. The book really only talks about it once. Okay. Like towards the end. That's like new type Gundam stuff, like we talked about last week. It's a like little bit clairvoyant new types. Yeah. And then we have engineer. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Like so. NPH. Yes. Cool. Yeah. So I, would, a... I would be split. Where would you join if you had a choice? I think they test you and they put you in a specific spot, right? I'd be foolish to say I didn't want to be a psychic or a clairvoyant. Like that just seems. Is it something you can just like, I want to be that or do they have to test your aptitude for it? No, I mean, 100%. I know if I tested into this, I'm I'm straight up a neo dog. I'm a neo pet neo dog. That's what I'm going to just, just do. <laughs> Enlist in the neo pets. I'd yep, be okay with that. Too. I would actually be torn between canine core and the engineers i think okay because i'd want a good old pupper and then the final part of this is that there are like there's like the navy that actually pilots ships oh right right, right. so the pilots so, are a, se a separate class and it's interesting to note that a majority of the pilots are all female in right yeah yes. yeah interesting which is a okay, little bit what we see primer. with uh with carmen yes uh, in in the the movie as well yeah so. and in this series believe it or not Gang, I'm ready to talk all about this. I'm, I thought just we were regarding, done. I thought that was are it. We're we just not gonna. We're not gonna talk about the cartoon. Let's just talk about everything about the book. The book is the book is excellent. If you if you if you read the book, I think suddenly Dave, you would have a newfound appreciation oh, sure. for the movie as well. And I don't think there's like a specific order. I don't think you need to read the book and then watch the movie because okay. I didn't. I watched the movie hundreds of times yeah. and then I went and I read the book. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I think you would enjoy it. You might argue whether where this series fits in that particular order, though. So we'll see. I have questions, which is a great segue to say, let's talk about Roughnecks, Starship Trooper Chronicles. <laughs> let's get into the good, the bad, the LOL. Let's do is it. this a spaghetti western sure from is. Clint Eastwood? Hundred percent. Sci-fi spaghetti about, western. We're going to talk about sci-fi spaghetti. We're going to talk about what's good about sci-fi spaghetti and what we like about it. We're going to talk about the bad. Talk about things that really didn't resonate that we don't like sauces that are not good on sp space spaghetti. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about the LOL, maybe some some goofs or some mishaps that Dave and I have had while eating uh, spaghetti space westerns. Yeah, this all makes sense. 
Yeah, none of this is confusing at all. Uh, we do want to kind of put in a caveat. Yeah. We're talking about this series. There, there are quite a bit of episodes, and there are people who really still enjoy and watch this cartoon, and we get that. A bummer about this is that it's very hard to find. I don't know where you guys are finding them, unless you literally yeah. just own them on, on DVD or maybe even VHS at this point. But yeah, I, they're hard to find. They are hard to find. We were able to find one episode off of Daily Motion, uh, which is evidently episode nine. Sure, maybe. So if you're playing along at home, you could find probably episode nine. I think maybe episode 10 on Daily I Motion. I think they had eight, nine, 10, it. maybe. But they, yeah, as Sean mentions here, they're, they're flipped. So they're inverted, uh, which honestly doesn't change things too much, except some of the lettering. It hurts. It hurts to watch, but it honestly doesn't change things too much. However... The highest rated episode was, I believe, the series finale, which was one of the four clip shows. But we couldn't find that. We couldn't watch that. So we watched another clip show, uh, possibly episode eight, possibly episode nine. I don't know which one it is, but maybe you'll, uh, listeners out there, maybe you'll know which one it is based on what we talk about in the next few minutes. So Aaron J., I hope you're paying attention. Sorry, I but... hope you're enjoying this. <laughs> if you know where to find these online, let us know. It's Again, too late. We're talking about all of this recognizing that a lot of time yeah. energy uh, experience passion canadian money, money yeah. dedication goes into making this cartoon we're making our snap judgments based off of one single episode that we've had a chance to watch right if you disagree with us tweet at us let us know send us some of these files so that we can watch them sure. i legitimately would not hate that so oh, let's <laughs> calm our minds yeah. and get into our, Focus, our powered armor centered. suits Let's get into our exosquad style suits, Dave, and let's get ready for this. The good mm. for Roughnecks. How are you feeling? What had an impact for you? Yeah, so the title, first of all, as soon as you were like, well, let's talk about this this week. I'm already excited because I know this from, from pop culture, from Paul Verhoeven's movie. So I was like excited to see some more uh, stories set in this universe. I also knew that there was a passionate fan base for it. There's like extensive Wikipedia's on this series, so I know that at least one person put in a lot of time with really like dedicating uh, time and effort to all those facts and all those figures and, and the character breakdowns, plot breakdowns. But there's also kind of a, a cliffhanger with this too. So I was curious just to see what the fuss was really all about. But for me, it's great to play in the Starship Troopers universe a little bit more. And I think that's probably the same for you. Is that fair? That is. I love being able to dive back into the lore yeah. of this show. There's so much involved in this universe there's so much even that they hint at and they talk about in the book that doesn't necessarily translate to the movie as well. Just a quick case in point, the first battle that takes place in the book is against something called skinnies, mm. and you don't really know what they are. But presumably they're not bugs. Interesting. Or they're not bugs as a part of like that entire campaign that's available. So mm. there are different wars presumably that they are fighting out in outer space against other extraterrestrials so well now that's dropping... interesting because i thought it was mainly just terrans versus the bugs that's what i was like led to believe but i guess not that's why the that's why the book blew my mind dave interesting a lot of stuff going on i had to learn how I, to read i think it's very interesting to see familiar characters such as rico and dizzy yeah. and carmen and even xander yeah that we have that pops up at some point to to see all these characters and and sort of fill in some of the gaps in terms of their their two years in service. Right. Because if we're led to believe anything, it's just there. There's a football game. They enlist. Things happen. People get injured. 
And then now Rico is in charge of uh, an entire squadron of Rico Rubnecks, yeah. and they are doing great. And there's Neil Patrick Harris showing up at some point with some psychic stuff. Yeah. And that's the movie. And that's you're like, it. that happened real fast. It really did. <laughs> really did. <laughs> it really did. So you have to think, you know, within that time, or at least, you know, you definitely have the consideration in the movie of Dizzy uh, Flores going career. Yeah. And then you eventually have Rico deciding that he wants to go career as yeah. well as also Carmen. So, uh, and you've got, you've got Razak in here too, right? That was my, uh, Michael Ironside in the right. uh, movie. Gum, exactly. Got awesome Razak character, awesome inclusion here. And really, I mean, it's a different voice cast. Um, right. I think they do a great job. It's another one of my good points. There's some pretty decent acting. The writing's not always the best, but they do a good job with it. But that's one character that also kind of uh, translated the live action movie persona into the, the series pretty well. Right. And I, I love you know, being able to pick up with those characters yeah. that you're familiar with, explore a little bit more in this universe. And in terms of the storytelling for this, I know you said the writing is not terrible, but I mean, it, it's, I think sometimes there's challenges with coming into existing IP and sort of blowing some of that out sure. a little bit more. Uh, hopefully they didn't feel restricted in that universe. I mean, I, I think that they, they had, it seems like they had fun with it. And the framing device that they use is, Rico is floating in space. He has four hours of oxygen left and uh, he gets blasted off course from a plasma blast as he's descending down to a planet in a powered armor suit. He gets thrown off course. He's kind of spinning out of control and he does a bunch of flashbacks. So for me, if this is the first episode that I'm getting, I get a nice taste of a lot of different things that kind of happen, you know? So if they're trying to do a clip show, they could do worse. True. It was just, I think the, this isn't a bad, this is still in the good section for me. I liked how they put the clip show together because it wasn't yes. just them sitting around the table, which I, they may do this and it would actually be okay if they did that too. But there was a reason we were revisiting these moments because Johnny was uh, thinking about his time spent with these individual characters and just kind of his life flashing before his eyes kind of thing. So it was nice to be able to go back and revisit those moments, especially us seeing them for the first time, which was a good sampler. Uh, at the buffet table of Starship Troopers. It was just sometimes a little difficult to follow. And uh, sampling that writing, sometimes certain segments work better than others. Right. Yeah. I agree. Anything else for you impactful? I know you mentioned sort of some of the the, the voice acting and, yeah. and kind of some of the storytelling. I thought that the audio quality of a lot of the voice acting, which can sometimes when you have people doing long monologues mm -hmm. and talking for extended periods of time, I think it can kind of end up maybe sounding crappy. I think that this ended up being pretty good. That was pretty good. Um, there were a lot of other things kind of just on the technical side that I liked about it. So this is a CG animated series, and we'll talk more about that in the next section. But there were some some really standout points here. I love the bug effects, the bug design, the way they moved, the way they looked. Uh, sort of the alien worlds that we got to see whether it was there were some underwater moments there were some like dark caves uh, like like underground caves obviously avalanches avalanches which it was not in my good section um, but just like the, the the variety of the sort of extraterrestrial designs were really good the lighting effects weirdly that's not something we usually call out because yeah most cartoons especially from like the late 90s early 2000s they don't have a major like focus on lighting but these characters were going into dark places, they were traveling into like deep space, and really all they had was kind of the lights on their helmet. And you have, I mean, you've got to animate that. So that actually tracked really well. 
with uh, the characters moving around, shining the light on different things. It's one of those small kind of minor things you don't think of until you're kind of critically looking at it. And I thought that the lighting effects were really good. Yeah, I mentioned the cast was really good. I like the conflict between the characters, which you mentioned. We've we've got kind of these established characters, but it's the way they kind of bump into each other that makes a good show, that makes a good drama. And you've got a love triangle with Dizzy, uh, which we haven't really talked about much, but Dizzy and Rico and Carmen. It's a great love triangle, very frustrating for a lot of different reasons. Um, but you've also got good conflicts with uh, Razak, who's kind of the veteran leader, and Johnny, who's kind of the upstart, who's who's doing the right thing in his mind. But he's also going against orders half the time, so there's a nice source of uh, tension there. And then one other thing that I just really like was an attention to detail for some of the technology. There's a moment where, spoiler, Johnny gets rescued uh, in space, and rather than just kind of like just grab him and pull him inside, he's running out of air, so they have this little gizmo that just comes out and plugs into his suit and just like, just like pumps a bunch of oxygen into his face, which I was like, that's a clever little inclusion there. I like that. Yeah. That's yeah. fun. That was fun. I would appreciate I that, that in space because I would I would hate to be rescued, brought into the hull of a spacecraft, but then just slowly suffocate within my own suit because they didn't give me any oxygen. Right. Yeah, that's a rough way to I go. I have to I have to think if I see that on QVC, I'm gonna call now. I'm gonna order that. Get me a, a get a six pack a, so we have backups. Get a six pack? Sure. Get, okay. If you go to Sam's Club, Perfect. get a six pack of oxygen infused spaceship wands. Space I don't shoots? know. I don't what? know. Space shoots. Yeah. Space tubes. That's it for me, bud. That's all the all good right. I got. All right. Let's get into the things mm, that are bad mm, mm, mm. about this. Where do you want to start? The animation. Have to. All right. 100%. Have I'm to. I'm ready to get into that. This yeah. should not have been a CG animated show as far as no. the human characters are concerned. It is, I will say, I'll use one word and then I'll let you go. Abomination. Yeah. <laughs> and we've seen some abominations on this show this i would rather watch the bugs i would rather spend time i would rather be eaten by one of these bugs than have to watch these cg animated human approximations anymore they were rough abominations how do you think how do you feel uh, i i want to note if somebody's saying hey you know when this show came out mm -hmm. you know cg it was probably still in some of its early stages. It was still and... monster by mistake level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is 1999. Yeah. Think about other CGI contemporaries that came out that probably would have gone into pre-production in 97, 98 sure. for a 99 release. And then come back and watch this where you think to yourself, why does every character look like they're like a 70s plastic doll face? They look like that's slightly melted they're like underbaked dough oh it's they, bad every character model looks almost identical the yeah. only thing that i think is really kind of a differentiator a little bit is one the voice which sure. we've mentioned is is decent yeah and two the hair the which hair. is atrocious oh, doctor it is there are moments where it looks like it looks like sid from toy story got a hold of one of his like one of the like Barbie dolls and like ripped out some of the hair, but left other ones in. So you can see like all the holes where the hair should be, but the rest of it's just gone. And that's what they did for some of our hero characters here. Look, yeah. if this was like an experimental show where they were like, we're going to figure out CG humans for the first time in history, then okay. Don't, don't. But don't do it, please. Like Reboot, woof, Reboot was bad enough, but they had like, they were kind of sprites and they were kind of cartoonish still. And yeah, they were humanoid, 
but they weren't supposed to be technically humans. Uh, even Pixar struggled with that, which is why they kept the humans mostly off screen and just focused on the toys instead back in the mid nineties. But man, it is right. And they keep coming back to it. And every time it's just cringing. And they, when they, they like to zoom in on their faces and do like close-ups on their faces, which are <laughs> horrifying. The teeth, the eyes, everything about it is a nightmare. You talk about sort of the zoom in and the focus yeah. on these animated characters so that we really get to kind of... You can't avoid it. You, you, you get such a, a solid glimpse and, and they're really brought into focus. You know what's worse than bad CG animation, what's Dave? That? What's that? Is bad lip syncing. It's so is bad. bad. Voice voiceover, good. Yeah. Them actually syncing it up to the character models as they're talking. Oh my God. It's it now, granted, is as you're watching this terrible. video, our voices may or may not match up with our faces. We'll find out. But <laughs> this is a free production. Uh, I would imagine there was at least some money put into uh, Roughnecks. It doesn't show there. Now, granted, maybe they did spend a lot of money on it, and that was the best they could do at the moment. It wasn't good enough. If it was me, I'd have scrapped that. I would have said, we're going to do traditional kind of hand-drawn animation for the human characters because people are used to that. We know what we're, you know, we know how to do that. We know what they look like and people know what they look like. Use the CG for vehicles, for the bugs. I think the bugs look great in CG because they're not supposed to look human. They're supposed to look alien, otherworldly, kind of creepy. And that's what bad CG is good for, you know, to make things look not quite right. And they actually did a really good job with the the bugs, the effects, and the lighting there. Just not for the humans, man. It's really it's, tough to do that, and they did not succeed. It, and, and you know what? We we get it. You know, this was this was done by BKN, uh, which is Bobots. So, you know, they they've done many cartoons. Yeah. We we've watched a lot of them. We get it. You know, uh, as a reference point in 1999, mm-hmm. I know that we talked about Toy Story 2 and the Sid character. Toy Story 2 came out in 1999. Yeah. So did this cartoon. One had millions I, of dollars. This one, I don't, I don't know how this CG is simultaneously worse than Monsters <laughs> by Mistake. And if you think about the, the progress that <laughs> you would have made yeah. since maybe the cartoon reboot, sure. this looks like it was made 10 years before reboot had even been created. Yeah. Yeah, we give Rainmaker some crap, too, because there are some clonkety-clonk animations in that series, but, well, this thing, uh, this thing makes it look like, you know, bleeding edge, not even cutting edge, like, like, beyond that, it looks, it makes it look like Sean said, like, 10 years advanced. It's bad. (sighs) I don't know how else to put it. It's just bad. And even, like, stuff like the snow, the water, some of those environmental effects are just so bad. At one point, it looked like they were floating in, like, like, clear gravy. Just like I, I get that water is difficult in CG too, but it like it looked thick. That was some thick water. Viscous. How, how thick? How so many thick. C's are at in that least thick three gravy. C's, three nice. capital C's. Oof, rough yeah. buds. That's the kind of gravy that when you dip a spoon in it to test the viscosity, it just stands. It just stands there. You have to do. You just take your hand away and you marvel at how thick that gravy water That's is. Some thick gravy. If somebody said, "Hey, Dave yeah. and Sean, we're gonna deploy you to Planet." Thick with three capital C's gravy. We'd mm. be like, get in the get in the suits. We're going right now. Let's we're go. going right now. Let's go. We're on, we're on board. Let's mush my face into this helmet and we're good to go. <laughs> and then just warp it like a plastic doll in a microwave. Yikes. Where's that? 
Where's that? It's it honestly is like it took me out of the show multiple times because you're supposed to be facing these threats of like the you know the bugs that are trying to rip you apart limb from limb or just eat you or kill you or whatever. The more horrifying shots were when characters were talking to each other in close proximity. Like if Sean and I were in the same room and we looked like these characters, that would be a horror show. That's what this looked like. It, I was more terrified by the humans just talking to each other than I was with any of the bug sequences. Yeah, no, I agree. You mentioned the idea of taking you out of the show. Yeah. I want to share something that took me out of the show. Okay. Is the flow of action. Mm. I mean, it's tough in a clip show, yeah? Sure. But what specifically but bugged you? When <laughs> you when bugged. you go into a dream sequence as a part of that clip show, yeah. like when you do that flashback and then suddenly... You are on a water vehicle. You're knocked off a water water vehicle. Yeah. And then magically you're on a water vehicle again, and there's been no segue to get you there. Yeah. Ooh, buddy, I'll tell you what makes me stop something and rewind a couple times to be like, did I miss something? Where, where did that go? Like, I'm trying to logically follow how this happened. And yes, I get it. It's a clip show. Sure. They cut out a bunch of crap. Yeah. But I feel like they cut out... A lot of key crap it, that would have been helpful. Don't cut out your key crap. It yeah. could have been like a commercial cut. It could have been a cut to commercial, and they just used it as a, a random cut in a clip show. That's tough. I'll give them a, a break there, because that didn't bother me as much as honestly trying to figure out when we were in the present and when we were in the past on a flashback, because there's nothing to really distinguish or set apart when we're watching Johnny's kind of memories or when we're seeing what's going on in the current time, because both of them take place with other people's perspectives. So yeah. it's not always like Johnny can be remembering a story where he wasn't present <laughs> until later on yep. or didn't show up at all. And then other times, obviously, if we're talking about in the present, you know, uh, Carmen is looking for Johnny. That's kind of the main thing. She knows he's missing. She's trying to, she's going against superiors to be like, look, I got to go find him. And they're like, just leave him. It's fine. It's just one, one ape. Who, what do we care? That's the present kind of storyline is her trying to find him. That's fine, but it was more confusing than it needed to be. Because, because Dave, you and I have both written things before. Yeah. Uh, what's a What's a point of view that you would never write a story in? Would it be second person? Usually second which is, person, which I absolutely hate. Yeah. And I'm not good at. Which is what a lot of this story is told in. Yeah. And it's not done well. No. Especially no. when it's like your your actual premise is like, oh, I'm dying. Here are my memories. Let yeah. me tell you how this broke down from Sean's perspective. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. But again, it'd be clip like show, me making fine. coffee, and the entire time Dave's just sitting there dying in just space. And dying. I'm like making coffee, mm -hmm. grinding these beans. I'm like, I, I mean, it is that. kind of a metaphor for our lives in general, anyway. But it's fine. Making coffee or dying in space? Just, just slowly dying inside oh. while you make coffee. I thought you were going to trump me and say second person is just a metaphor for our lives, and I'd be like. Wow, either that was profound or I'm just stupid right no, now. No, because I don't even understand having... it, so I, yeah, no. God, no. golly. I'm just a dumb ape. Uh, Anything else that didn't work for you here? I, I mentioned uh, the faces literally I every I other comment here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got a, I've got a couple more sure, things, what else? if you'll humor me. Yeah, yeah. Some of the dialogue. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to make excuses. Some of this dialogue is really problematic and a little bit sexist. Oh, sure. And very And very weird. There's parts where Rico is saying about Carmen, she will be mine. Yeah, that's in my LOL for cringy reasons, but yeah, I can see why it's bad too. Yeah, I, I some of that was a challenge because for me, this clip show posited that Rico and Carmen were never dating in high school. 
Right. And so everything that we remember from the movie, which yep. is not that whole backstory isn't necessarily in the book, right. is kind of just thrown away completely as if they're rewriting it. But again, the thing that's interesting or that's appealing to me as a Starship Troopers fan yeah. is that this is an amalgam of both franchises. So a bunch of stuff from the novel and a bunch of stuff from the actual 1997 movie. Sure. I love that idea. I love that idea. That's super fun. This is like, let's rewrite history. And I don't mean like a DuckTales theme song kind of way. Like it is bad news bears because you're sitting there thinking to yourself, why is there a love triangle in all of this? What is the impetus for this to take place? And there isn't any, and there yeah. isn't any. Yeah. It's completely devoid of that. Yeah. I will it's, say that it was it's frustrating. It's a love line. It is a love line, which doesn't make sense, and was also a, a 90s MTV show, if I remember sure, correctly. Sure was. I think it was Dr. Drew. Sure was Dr. Drew. Adam Carolla? Adam Carolla was there for a bit, I think. Wasn't there a, a, a woman, too? Doesn't matter. I hope so. But I don't remember. No, so the love triangle line kind of bothered me for another reason. It was, it was a little bit LOL, but it was also kind of bad at the same time, because we're supposed to be in this kind of like, you know, military thriller kind of thing where the, these guys are in constant threat at all times. Like their lives are constantly like in danger. But at moments where they were supposed to like almost die, essentially, where there was like no escape, there's no way out. Johnny specifically was more concerned with uh, a possible relationship between their former like captain of the football team and the prom queen, who was Carmen. Uh, than, you know, his moral peril <laughs> or, like, going to, like, die instantly. So some of that was funny, but it was also just kind of like, why are we focused on, like, high school politics here? Right. They are they are in an avalanche. Yeah. And he says to you, I don't look at you as a soldier, Carmen. I can't. And she just goes, that's going to get you killed. Was that Dizzy or Carmen? I thought that that was Carmen. Uh, I, I, that would make sense. Yeah, that would I make don't sense. Know. I don't know at that point because everybody's – Baked doll face just blended together. <laughs> the only thing that kept it straight for me was Carmen was normally by herself and at the pilot's seat, whereas Dizzy was normally with uh, Rico, wherever he was. But it was hard to keep him straight sometimes. I don't even know anymore. Yeah. Can I tell you my last final break? Of course you can. All right. So we established, you know, sort of the, the premise of this episode is that he gets knocked off course from a plasma blast. <laughs> I know where you're going. Yeah. It's knocked off course. He gets really worried about yeah. that he's not going to get found. And he has one minute left of oxygen. And he sees he sees Carmen. He sees somebody fly by in a spaceship. And he's trying, trying to live. And in that final second, he thinks, oh, I'm in space and I still have a gun. And the gun has recoil. I should just use the momentum from the recoil to send me towards the ship. Which is successful, yeah. thankfully. Yeah. Uh, why wouldn't you think about that in the first place <laughs> to course correct after you've been blasted? Like, Rico's I don't. Recoil. I don't want to. I don't. Yeah. Re, I don't want to say this, but man, here's the challenge that I have: is that Rico is promoted at some point yeah. in this franchise to be a general. Yeah. You would think that there'd be some strategic or critical thinking that took place at any point in time for this character. I mean, he figured it out eventually. It doesn't exist, Dave! <laughs> it is so frustrating. We just watched somebody float, almost die, for 20 minutes in space, and he's like, oh, I should just use the recoil in my gun. Oh, my... Maybe, 
maybe you shouldn't have gotten saved. Ouch. I don't want to say that, but... You said it already. Just, Posterity. It's... It's been recorded. Uh, it's frustrated. And I love that character. Yeah. But watching this was just so brutally frustrating because he's not... He's not a dummy. He's not a dumb soldier. Yeah. Usually. And they're making him out to be a dumb soldier. And yeah. that's what's frustrating to me is that goes against the grain for who he is as a character. I guess I'll give them a, a break on that because if he would have done it earlier, I think the dropship was already gone, right? There wasn't really anybody else in the vicinity, right? So he, he had to wait for a rescue ship. still would have been above that ship. planet. Yeah. I think he had to wait for a rescue ship in order to but do other that. Soldiers Plus we had to see point. 20 minutes worth of memories. Got it. <laughs> oh, got it. We just got to see them memories. No, I agree with you. Can I tell you one more thing that bugged me? Please. Carmen. Yeah. Carmen always bugs me. From yeah. the, the movie, I'm assuming she will in the book, uh, and definitely in this series. It just goes back to one of those things where it's like, it's like Carmen bothers me, and then Johnny bothers me, and then uh, I feel bad for Dizzy. I've always felt bad for Dizzy, because she's kind of like low man on the totem pole. And then Johnny takes advantage of her, and Carmen takes advantage of both of them, and I really don't like her. So it's difficult to like connect to this character whatsoever in this show, uh, specifically because she looked like uh, Cronenbergian Play-Doh, but also because I don't like her personality. So hmm. that's a tough one for me. But, I mean, that's the character, so well done. Can I can I give you a little spoiler? Sure. Does she die? Carmen is not really... She's in the book, but she's not in it as much as you would think. Okay. I'm all right uh, with that. I mean, she is part of the reason why he enlists right. in the book, but she doesn't really come back until later in the novel when she has to deliver some bad news about a friend that gets killed. Yikes. Well, and I should that, probably read this. That friend is is somebody that you know it's from redacted. the movie. Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. Yes. So. Well, that doesn't make that. me laugh. Well, what? <laughs> Good segue into the LOL. Thanks day. so much, bud. Ouch. Ouch. Uh, all right. I got some good LOLs. I wasn't sure if I would. I thought this was yeah. going to be a, a you know basilisk situation, or it wasn't going to be funny. <laughs> yeah, honestly. There's some there's some actual funny stuff, and then some janky funny stuff. What did what did you have? Uh, jet skis made me laugh. Those are good. Roughnecks so good. on jet skis randomly, and like you said, like teleporting jet skis that are there and then gone and then back again. Oh gosh. That was fun. I didn't expect them to go underwater and like <laughs> face off against underwater things. It reminded me of like if you go to a theme park and you go see the stunt show Spectacular. Yeah. Or if you've ever been to like a military enlistment pomp and circumstance event on the beach, like one of those great extravaganzas. Uh, it felt a lot like that. So that was an interesting twist. I didn't expect that. Again, um, yeah. I never thought that I could look at a jet ski and be unhappy. And then I watched this show and I thought, oh, man, I could think I'm actually unhappy. No, I like it. Anytime there's a jet ski, I'm like, yeah, I'm down. doesn't make a lick of sense, but I like it. Yeah. On Triple Thick Gravy Planet. What made you laugh? Uh, Other than Triple Thick Gravy Planet. <laughs> there are just some. <laughs> there, there's a line that Rico says where when he first gets blasted so bad. out of orbit so bad and he's kind of on fire his his power suit is, is sort of on fire and yeah. he just he shakes it off in space and just goes ah i forgot my sunscreen i rolled my eyes and that's in the first like 30 seconds after the intro which we didn't even talk about actually but yeah because it was not good it was bad it was bad let's put it that way uh, you had some other lines one-liners i had one i think that i really liked yeah just the, the area equals pi r squared. Now, set that up, though, because you need context for that. I don't think you do. I think you do, because it, it's like that is just like, okay, fine. I don't know why you're saying that the geometric equation for a circle. But 
what was the setup for it? You know, I just... I'll talk about it because it's in my LOL. Please. It's the football it, sequence. It's, it's the flashback to their football game. It's it, like, <laughs> just watching it, I was... Dave, I groaned so hard and then just went, yeah, I mean, I guess. Sure, why not? It's that classic, like, I guess it was funny in, I don't know, maybe the 80s? When do you think that joke first came up? Where you... You guys know what we're talking about. So if a character goes behind center while they're getting ready for a football play, and instead of like blue 42, blue 42, set hike or hut, hut, hike or whatever, they say nonsense. They say stuff like, what did, what did Ace Ventura area, say? Area equals pi r squared. Yeah, you can be like Dizzy and say area equals pi r squared and then set hike. Or you can be like Ace Ventura and say blue 42, blue 42, rover, sit, hike, whatever. Right. That joke... I don't think it's ever made me laugh, maybe since Ace Ventura, uh, and it didn't work here either, but the whole yeah. football sequence is so janky that it was hilarious, because they were showing full, head-to-toe, football uniform, CG-animated humans approximating and they a were, football play. And they were trying to make this relatively true Oof. to the 97 film, right. with even the colors for the opposing team. Yeah, the color team. schemes, yeah. But then again, it goes back to the bad that I had where they were rewriting history, yeah. In terms of uh, the Carmen and the the love triangle yep. that's essentially there, uh, and you know that was a pivotal moment where Rico is playing against uh, he's playing against Xander, yep. and it's one of the first times where he's able to kind of really like assert dominance and be like, "Oh, I got this because I'm like super macho." And I say that knowing full well that I like Casper Van Dien. Yep. I think he's he seems like a great dude. Uh, does he get enough work? Let's make Starship Troopers four. And let's slot him in there because that's what I want. But uh, watching watching them try to recreate a scene that, if you've watched that movie, is very notable. Yeah. And do it in just like a like just slapdash. It was uh, it was a roughie, as we say. Heartbreaking. As heartbreaking. we say in the industry. Uh, one more thing that actually made me laugh. Yeah. The music. <laughs> the music wasn't it wasn't bad. I'm not saying it because it, it was bad, but. There's a moment where it sounds like the Crystal Method just came on to play an avalanche song. And I was just like, what is this shift? It was a really interesting, weird, like, prog, trancey, rave kind of music during an avalanche, which was if a choice. Prodigy just showed up at some point and be like, yeah, this Rest totally in peace. makes sense. This yeah, is 1999, exactly. right? Yeah, like, it's 1999. Yeah. It was actually, so there was another thing in the end credits. Uh, another song came up and I'm like, I've heard this song before. And it's not because I've watched this show. It's because composer Jim Latham or James Latham did the music for this and also did the music for extreme ghostbusters uh, men oh, in black cool. the animated series and a bunch of other stuff in like the mid to late 90s early 2000s that is very similar to the point that i heard the end credits and i'm like that's 100 percent just men in black so i don't know if he just repurposed uh the same like riffs and samples that he had for that one but it was not that but it was real yeah. close to the the cartoon version which for some reason always sticks in my head and now it's going to make it even worse because i got a double dose of it thanks to roughnecks but yeah mm. that made me laugh i was like why are they just stealing men in black music for this show <laughs> it's very strange anything else make you laugh bud my final thing is that during one of the flashback sequences they have rico and and a bunch of other people yeah. fighting what looks like face huggers from the alien so franchise. tiny and cute though yeah, very adorable. Yeah. They're attacking, and and Johnny Rico kicks uh, like a like a nurse's cart yep. that's just full that has uh, just, <laughs> just bottles that are bottles. just labeled that just say alcohol on them. Yep. And he kicks them into a room, and then he shoots them, 
and the door closes and then it explodes. And I, there was a part of me that was like, I don't, you know what? Yeah. Do it. Let's this just is, this go is with great. it. Yeah. I don't care. Space alcohol works differently. It oh, was fun. That was a fun one. Right. That makes sense, but it's a fun one. I think that's it for me. I think I'm yeah, exhausted. I'm exhausted too. Yeah. Let's let's get to our recommendations. If you are listening for the first or the 281st. Yeah. Time. Let's break it down very quick. We can recommend a show and we can say why we think you should watch it and it's a good use of your time. We can say we don't recommend a show and we can maybe give you something that you would like. We can give you an, an extra suggestion. Sure. If we don't like a show and we don't recommend it, we can go one step further and we can give this the dip. Yes, the dip from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. We can dip a cartoon. It's a majority rule. We both have to decide that right. something has happened that is so egregious that it deserves the dip and it erases it from the annals of cartoon history. We will only ridicule it on this show from that point forward. Right. Oh, Roughnecks, mm. Starship Troopers Chronicles. Dave, how are you feeling? Where do you land on this? This, this one's tough. Uh, my rule of thumb here, which I don't even know if I can say that anymore, uh, but my, my kind of instinct is if I'm going to dip something it should be like a gut reaction. And I don't know if I feel that yet. I, in good faith, because the animation is so bad, I can't just recommend this to anybody unless you're a diehard Starship Troopers fan that like Sean, you need to like complete your collection and at least check it out. Uh, if you want to see some more adventures with these characters, cool. These adventures are here for you in, in quite a few episodes. It's a rough watch though. So the more you like the characters, the harder a time you're probably going to have with how bad the animation really is here. It's that bad. We're not really exaggerating. It's it's bad. Even giving it the benefit of the doubt for watching it on like a reverse daily motion rip from probably 20 years ago and all that, like, it's bad. You can see from the beginning, like, just the production quality that they had was not up to par. That being said, are those extra adventures in this series, are they worth it? Because you've got those four movies. You've got, you know, the book to go back to. Do you need these adventures? That I don't know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna dodge for a second. And I'm gonna throw it to you because you are the Starship Troopers fan here, so I want to hear what you have to say. Oh, well, let me let me address one listener. True, Aaron J. Yeah, your boy. Hey, it's Sean. It's your boy. Hey, it's, it's your boy, it's Sean. Your boys. It's your boy. Uh, I'm not recommending this show. Okay, Aaron J. I'm sorry. It, I know you said there's a little bit of weirdness, and you're right. You're very right, and I think. If you are a fan of Starship Troopers for the exact same reason that Dave posited the question, yeah. do you really need these adventures? I'm saying I do not recommend going and watching these animated series. All of Roughnecks. Yeah. Don't watch it. Just do yourself a favor instead and go on the wiki that people have put together that has all the information Read, consume, and enjoy that. Because if you watch this, knowing how much you love those particular characters, you are going to be very frustrated. Rely on the book. Rely on the four movies that are out there. Enjoy those. But I would not recommend Roughnecks. I think if your goal is to get more into the, the stories and the lore of everything for Starship Troopers in this universe... As we've mentioned, this show is going to frustrate you based off of the material that you already know. Yeah. And because of the animation, it's going to take you out of the experience. So So the extra stories aren't I, worth the experience. 
I would say, again, going to the wiki and reading those extra stories, mm. I think are probably pretty interesting. But watching this actual program, I do not recommend it. Now, I guess the question is, well, A, I have to recommend it or not. I, I don't think I can. That's an easy one for me. I can't really recommend it just because the quality of the animation is so bad. Right. And we got a clip show of it. It's bad through at least those like five episodes that we watched. Uh, I'm assuming <laughs> it's pretty much the same for the whole series. I don't know if it's dippable, though, so I'll throw it back again to you. Now that we're neither of us is recommending it, is it dippable? And remember, for things like this, dipping this cartoon does not affect the rest of the franchise. The book still exists. The movie still exists. Everything else is fine. It's just this series will no longer exist. The characters are fine. This universe for their stories will not exist. To Sean's point, I think maybe that's an okay thing, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. Yeah, I'm torn on this because I, I do want to dip it. I, I do want to dip it for all the reasons that I've mentioned. Like I, you know, but at the same time, I want to think that the stories that they've created that people have, have watched and gotten into and have taken to a wiki and logged everything there, I want to say and I want to think that those are probably interesting and those are probably rewarding for somebody to check out. It is impossible like actually impossible to separate yourself from the two camps or two ideas yeah. of this show versus the book and the movie franchise. And so keeping that in mind and making that distinction, keep the book and the movie franchise dip roughneck. You're dipping roughnecks. I feel like dipping roughnecks. I don't have a strong enough opinion kind of one way or the other with the series, but man, the animation is so bad. Uh, I don't know, bud. I kind of want to dip it with you in solidarity, but it's not, it doesn't feel like it's there. So okay. I feel like, I feel like Johnny standing up to Razak and just being like, no, I'm not going to do what you say. <laughs> but I don't know. Now I, I, I can't dip it because I don't have that gut instinct to dip it and it's probably yeah. because i don't know enough about the rest of the franchise and the rest of the world and the story universe to know how bad it is i mean just on animation quality alone yeah yeah it's definitely a dip but because there are stories that i would still like to kind of see i don't want to dip it so it's a half dip a dip a toe and that's it fair sorry but all right that's okay that's all right it's high a... and dry on the the it's... Two don't recommend. Uh we've got two do not recommend yeah. one dip on this. So it doesn't dip it, doesn't completely get rid of it. No. But it's it's a it's a strong do not recommend. You should still people. just avoid it. Yeah. Right. Oh man. That All was right. an adventure. That's it. That was Gosh. A ah. I mean, look, look at how far we have come this entire time. And man oh man, Aaron J. We want to thank you. You can't thank close, you. But... Yeah, thank you for sending us on this journey. Hmm. I don't know if I'm your boy anymore. I you're, you'll you'll have out. to let me know. You'll have to let me know because I'm worried. I'm worried about this now. We'll find out after the show. Uh, oh, perfect. All right. Ah, oh, Dave. Yeah. That's the end. We're it not is. talking about roughnecks anymore. <laughs> no you more. know what we are talking about? What's that? Talking about going into business. You know yeah. who we're talking about going into business with? Bring in the business. Business, Bobby. Business Bobby, you heard him on this episode. Our friend, best friend of the show, yeah. Bobby Anthem. You can hear him on his paranormal podcast, Inhuman Experience, with co-host Bobby Blades. 
You can find them at Twitter at IEXP underscore podcast. Bobby also has a solo show, In Search of My Lost Soul, which is in that exact same Inhuman Experience stream. I believe that they're also creating a new show that is called Inhuman Cafe. So you should check out and get a chance to listen to Inhuman Cafe because I know that that's Bobby. That's uh, Bobby Anthem. That's also Bobby Blades and uh, their friend from Jay from Conspiracy Cafe. So you can check that out. I like the crossover. That sounds cool. As Bobby has explained it to me, it's a bunch of older people not realizing that they are millennials. Yeah. And having fun with it. And I've I've heard some heard some little advanced teasers and I'm loving it so far. That so sounds about keep right. it up. Go check that out. <laughs> Dave, what do you got going on? Same old stuff, bud. You can find me over at collider.com, uh, talking about video games, sometimes movie TV animation, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, you can also check me out on Twitter. Talk me up there at Dr. Claw MD. And you can check out my book, The Science of Breaking Bad, available wherever Dem Books is sold. How about you, bud? What's going on with you during these uh, trying, unprecedented times? I do live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that's called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. We've actually been doing shows that you can watch us from the comfort of your own home, in the couch, in a bubble bath. In the couch. In bed. Hmm. Get saucy with it after dark. After dark. You can find... Tickets and times with dc.org. Check us out there. I'm always on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Paul Ellis. If you message me there, if you start following me, just say, hey, I'm a friend of the show. I listen to the podcast. I'll follow you back. I'm not weird about it. No. Just let me know. Uh, if you're like a private account and you expect me to just like follow you with no context, not going to happen, gang. Uh, but I do want to know if you are listening, if you're a friend of the show, keep us posted. Let us know. Absolutely. I also have a comedy podcast that's called The Bureau. It answers the question, what do four dum-dums that work for the FBI sound like when they record a podcast uh, during their break time that they have for the Federal Bureau of Investigation? It is done with friends of the show, Jamal Newman, as well as also Isabel Galbraith that have been on a couple episodes, and our friend Jesse Chimes. Check it out. We're having a lot of fun. We, I think by the time this comes out, we will have released all of season two, and we're gearing up to start recording season three, so that will be out. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, so it'll be fun. Awesome. Want to support us? Yeah, this show, SMC. That'd be great. Man, thanks. go to our Patreon, because guess what? We're actually doing stuff with that money. So that Patreon, hit that Patreon, like and subscribe. I don't know how Patreon works either. Guess what? I also don't know how it works. Apple iTunes, and I don't care. Still don't. Don't care. Uh, So how can you help us? You could leave a review on Apple iTunes. That's cool. You know what you can also do? If you have a friend that you know would like this show, just share it on social media. Tell your friend. Whatever you want to do. We're cool with that. As always, slide into our DMs, as many of you have from listening to our Salty's Lighthouse episode recently about the show Tugs. Tugs. You guys are really getting into it. A lot of Tugs fans, a lot of Tugs fans coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, I want to watch it. You guys tell us, get get at us and tell us which episodes we should watch. That Tug army, get that Tug army over here. Tell them Tugs. Tell us to watch Tugs. We'll do it. We will transition to an all Tugs podcast if you guys demand it. And fill up that Patreon. You guys really blew up our account the other night. So loving every really minute did. of it. It was fun. Yeah. So slide into our DMs at Morning Tunes. Remember, morning with you. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Saturday Morning Cartoons. Drop us an old-fashioned email, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. You can find all the links and everything, even the listener recommendations, in the link tree, which is in the bio for all of our social media sites. And as always, you can listen to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere mm, fine podcasts mm, are sold. Mm, Thank you yeah. so much. You guys are now part of Sean and Dave's Roughnecks. 
half dip roughnecks. You have to half dip roughnecks. That's such or the half a, dips. I hate everything. Or the half dips. <laughs> Can't help it. Uh, it sounds like an ice cream cone, but I'm still interested. It sounds like a terrible one because half of it's below the surface and half of it's above. But like half of it's free. dipped in chocolate and the other half is just now like that's, ice cream. Now you're thinking that's you good. You gotta get that magic shell. That's good. Get that magic shell. That's it. Hey, guess I what? Miss magic shell. Thank yeah. you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Go get your magic shell. Go get your magic shell. Yeah. I'm going to go right you now. You can't put it on your body because your body's Wear too hot. I know. I've tried. Yeah. Haven't we all? Bye. See you next time. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out. <laughs>